For our first message today, we have a split sermon from Mr. Doyle Carter entitled, Take Time for God. Mr. Carter. Oh, Sabbath school students. Thank you, Renee. (laughs) I wasn't even ready running around all over there. Just a, a moment here. Get set up. Time is a commodity, I hate to say that. Because even preparing this, because it was heading toward the end of the year, my job decided all of a sudden, now I can't work over 40 because of temp, blah, 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 doesn't matter. But they utilized me everywhere they could to get to squeeze those hours in. So it was a real busy week. This was partly inspired by something that happened at Toastmasters. Just tell a quick story and then I'll get right into it. it we had our holiday party, whatever you want to call it. I, I, I didn't really participate because, like I said, whatever. And the guy goes up there. He's the Toastmaster. And he's talk, he says, now this is our Christmas thing. And he said, well, a lot of times they talk about Christ and all, but we're not going to do that. And he brought a Santa Claus up. He drowned it out the idea of Christ at all. Luckily, one of our people there actually tried to remove it. But anyway, meaning they actually took a little protest in their comment when they asked and said, our country, we celebrate Christ's birth. Even though it wasn't when it was born, he was born, but still, they take it seriously. But that made me think, because time is something, time is valuable and is a limited resource. It's like a commodity. Our lives rotate around time. Like I said, at work, we have certain time limits. It's heading toward the end of the year, and there's tons of stuff to do. I mean, we got to get this stuff done and clear the books. It's a time thing. Many famous people have quoted on it. I'm going to have two quotes. One is from William Penn. This is, time is what we want most, but what we use worse. I can understand that, at least when I was younger. Charles Darwin, even though I don't agree with his theories in in, uh, evolution all, did make an interesting quote on time. A man who dares to waste one hour of his life has not discovered the value of life because he realized his time was limited. And that's even true today. You know that how busy we are today. We, you know, if you're, in today's modern world, we're busy. We got, either got news, we always want to keep up with news, or we got to do, go to work. Some people work 50 hours a week. General life of things, like going for food, you know, having to go to store, which is chaos this time of year. <clears throat> anyway, I avoided the stores. That was one time I saved time. And sometimes we have hobbies we're really into, like maybe if we have model airplanes or whatever, and we just divulge a lot of time into it and not think about it. And unfortunately, between life, just general life, because the world is getting more harder, it's harder to live in this world nowadays, and you have to make money and work longer hours, or you have kids or whatever, we sometimes cut back on our Bible study, prayer, meditation, fasting, the things we need to do in, in, for our spiritual needs. We'll, as, as I'm about to say, this, sometimes we neglect them. We don't mean to, we just do. I'll give you an example so you don't think I'm talking about you all. Tuesday, well, let's go back one day, let's go one day further. 
as you all know, I got a new car. We'll just send that right there. I got my papers on Monday afternoon. Well, I, I went to work, and I thought I'd have time to read the Bible in the morning before I go in. Well, like I said, they, they rearranged my hours where I came in super early. Then I worked till about 5, then I had mentioned it during the day that I had the tag titles, would love to have actually got my, my plates. Didn't want to pay for it, but I want my plates on the car. Paying for it was a different story. I wrote my check a little slower. It was harder to write that, too. I don't write those kind of numbers on a check. And then after that, as I say, I go to Toastmasters, and I was the Toastmasters with the actual paper that told them what we do. So, and I, the whole day, I literally forgot to do Bible study. I couldn't believe it. That night, or that morning, I realized, whoa, I have all these activities. I just forgot all about it. I was so excited about getting tags. I was so excited about going to work, doing to And so I'm just as guilty. So this is not toward you all in any way. That just lets you know. But that does happen sometimes when you get busy, you forget. I did the little prayers. But other than that, and this isn't actually new. In the ancient world, when I read these stories I do in history, it was worse. I mean, you know, we go to the store and buy a suit of clothes, not think twice. It, well, there was a time when they made those clothes and a time they actually had to raise the crops. So it even time was a commodity back then. You know, there was a time, time was actually very important or used up doing things. And it's funny that I don't have my cell phone on me, but technology is supposed to save us. I know more people get on Facebook and waste more time on Facebook than they waste watching TV and other things. So technology doesn't always save our time. So the bottom line to this, all this was that at times we can neglect the essentials of our lives. Of course, we have to live, but the essentials of our Bible study, meditation, prayer, or we'll do a quick prayer like, God, be with me today, and then run on. Instead of taking the time to think about what you're saying and, you know, saying, hey, thank you, God, for all you've given me, and, you know, take a little more time and think about what you've read. Because we see Paul write to the Hebrews on this. We're warned not to neglect our salvation. In Hebrews 2, 2 through 3, it says, For if the word spoken through angels proves steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience receives a just reward, how should we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? which at the first began, began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed by us, by those who heard him. It's implying it's difficult to have salvation, and we should not neglect it. Neglect here, again, I've always said, don't ask me to pronounce the Greek. That's it's a weakness. But the Greek was, in, in English, would have been like A-M-E-L-E-O. But the actual meaning was ignore, you know, where you just don't care, you just ignore it. Neglect, just like the English word would have it. Make light of, which I didn't think of that one at all until I read it, went, wow. Or regard not, it was interesting. And as I said, as a disclaimer, we're not to live as monks in the middle, like in the Middle Ages, okay? We, we have to live, there's a time and a season as it says in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 11, there's a time and a season. You know, you have to sow, you have to reap, you have to do all the stuff you need to do. And even in verse 10, it says of Ecclesiastes 3.10, and I didn't give them to Brian because these are just references. You know, Sam, uh, Solomon says, I have seen that God-given task which, with which the sons of man are to be occupied. 
So, you know, we're, we're to be active. Now, due to lack of time, I decided I'd pick one illustration. I tell you, I thought Jesus would be an excellent one. It would be in Luke 8. It's also in Mark 4, I believe. I picked Luke 8, and late, Luke 8 instead. It's the sower of the seed. I thought it was a perfect analogy because it kind of illustrates that lack of time, what we do. At least one area does. So we're going to go into that. So go ahead and go to Luke 8, 4 through 8. And it says, And when a great multitude had gathered, they had came to him, Jesus, from every city. He spoke by a parable. And this is what he said to them. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up, I mean, the thorns sprung up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprung up, and yield a crop of a hundredfold. And when he had said these words, he cried, he, Jesus said, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. So we see four categories of seed, or ground, I should say. We see where they, the, where they fell on the, way, the wayside, basically destroyed immediately by birds or whatever. Instant, they stopped, in, you know, stopped any thought of growth of anything. The ones that tried, but they dried out because of heat. We see that some grew with the thorns and got choked out, which I can relate to because when I planted some seeds, funny, just a little story to decide to make a point on this, and it does relate. I had some plants that I bought to put in my little garden area, and I, they weren't doing as hot. You know, the winter weather was getting horrible, so I put some seeds out and covered them. Uh, they were zinnias. These zinnias literally took over the whole area, killed anything underneath it. I mean, stopped all sunlight from getting to it, killed the plants. That was it. I mean, it looked awesome, but if I could have done it for the $2 bag of seed instead of $15 and let them kill it, I mean, I've done much better. But those plants choked out the other plants. And then you've got the healthy ones that come up and they do 100-fold, and then Mark says I'm like 60-fold, 80-fold, it goes into the other there. The disciples appear to be confused by this. Now, we understand because we're 2,000 years into the future, so we kind of understand. But if we were to first hear this, we'd probably go, what? So, so here's Jesus' explanation. I'm going to break it down just a little bit. Verse, in verse 11, it says, now the parable is this. This is how he begins. The seed is the word of God. And then it goes in verse 12. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their heart, lest they should believe and be saved. I would categorize this maybe as the world, generally, because like, um, well, I'll give you an example. They had a party. We'll end it right there at work. I swear they do these things. I wish they wouldn't. They had pork. And I made a comment, just a generic comment. I don't eat pork-based products due to religion. 
And I didn't say anything bad beyond that, just let it go. And I got kind of teased a lot about it. And everyone said, your religion just doesn't like good food. And I was like, ugh, whatever. <laughs> One couldn't even figure out how to make gravy without, without sausage, which I was kind of looking at him like, you can make gravy without sausage. It's easy, spices, hey, it's good. But you know, that's, those people don't understand when you come up and tell them, like Geraldine, who supported me with my car, morally, and I mentioned Holy Days. It just goes over the, her head. She goes, okay, whatever. You know, she doesn't understand. And it's not their fault. It's just the way it is. Then Now in verse 13, but the ones on the rock are those who then hear and receive the word with joy. And these have no root who believe for a while and in time of, of tribulation or time of temptation fall away. So they don't really internalize what they learn. They're excited about the word. Hey, this is great, great knowledge, but they just don't internalize it. And that's how I interpret this. And I wasn't going to focus on the first two as much. I just, get, just kind of want to get into that. But I noticed it said, had no root. So they didn't internalize what they did. They didn't take what they knew. You know, because that's what roots do. Roots go into the ground like a tree. They take up the nutrients, feed everything else, feed the tree, the plant, or in this case, the zinnias that smothered everything that I had. Either way, the third seed in verse 14. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they heard, have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, pleasures of life, and bring no fruits of, to maturity. So in the analogy, it implies they do put out roots. But like I said, with my zinnias, with the other plants, unfortunately, they, they were overcame by the thorns. And he goes into one, some of them, like the cares. Like let's say you have financial issues and you're really working on it and it's always occupying your mind. You've got to work extra and you know, it takes up your time. Or riches. There was a man named Ron Dart we all know about, of course. And he spoke of how he made a comment about riches once. It was very interesting, I thought. The more you have, the more you have to take care of it. I thought that was interesting, and that I noticed that as I thinned my world down, and my dad's done the same, he said, he didn't have to worry so much. And the more he had, the more he had to worry about. Because I, you know, it just and it makes sense. The more you have, the more you've got to tend to. There's nothing wrong with riches, but it just it's a time consumer. You know, Abraham was a rich man. You know, hey, but he knew how to balance his life with God and what he had. And it talks about pleasures of life. That could be anything from binge-watching movies, if you got that. It was one of my faults in the past. I know many people who did that. It could be overdue sports. Nothing wrong with sports, as I always say. Nothing wrong with sports. But I know people who know the stats of baseball players and football players better than they know about the Bible. They couldn't even list one king. But they can tell you that, you know, so-and-so has the stats of hitting this and doing this. They know more about some things than they, the unimportant stuff. I mean, you got out people who are workaholics. I was talking to Reggie, and I was, he said the word workaholics, which was in my notes. And it turns out that I, my dad admits when he was younger he was a workaholic. His job was everything. That's how he did it. I mean, I don't do that, but I get close. One of my little things. How do you avoid this? This came to me this morning. It's a how to avoid this this situation. Easy. In Matthew. In Matthew 6, 31 through 33, 
Jesus answers that in his own words. He says, so in Matthew 6, 31 through 33, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, or the nations, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So he's aware of it, aware of it. But first, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We don't have to worry about our cares as much. I mean, as I put in here, we can be concerned. Because, you know, I'm, when I say concerned, I mean, like, I always worry about next month's bills and kind of work with it. But I don't have to be worried that, oh, I'm going to have a job next, next, next year or whatever. God's got me covered. It's just, I, got, I mean, I got to do my end of the work, of course, you know, go to jobs, do the stuff I need to do, but, but God has got it covered. He's got my, as I think one person said in my, at work when we were talking, I got your back. He's got your back. So that's one way to get out of that trap of being with the, thorn, the thorns, is to go ahead and trust on God, first seek, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I mean, you continue living life, but you just, you know, do what you need to do, seek the kingdom. Seek, by the way, is an action. You have to go out and actually seek. You're not just, it's not like, oh, here you go. You've got to go out and go look for it or study it. The fourth seed in verse 15. But the ones that fell on the ground, good ground that is, let me start over. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, and keep it and and bear fruit with patience so they keep it because again like I said it's they sprung up on good ground they put roots into it we didn't we need to actually study the Bible regularly so we can put our roots into this word not literally in the Bible but you know we know what we're so when somebody asked us like with the pork I knew how to answer it they just still ridiculed me but but he knew, but I said it's, in Le, it's Leviticus 11 and all. But at least I knew how to answer because, you know, and I'm not saying I'm special. It, that was one of the easier ones to go for. But when somebody asks you, you know, it's in here. It's in here. It's not like you have to, um, you've studied. And how do you become the good ground? Well, one, you go to, as Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, he says in 2 Timothy 2.15, and he says to Timothy, be diligent to present yourself, diligent, you've got action of being diligent or always on the ready, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of God. This comes from study. I mean, you have to get your, your mind in there when you got time and Maybe plan a, a, a time to study, which is why I usually do, except for that Tuesday. <laughs> anyway, but, you know, to plan that time, pick a topic. You know, I don't know. So where are the seeds a good one? You know, hey, I want to go study that and go in there and actually study it, internalize it. It's like when I was at the feast. And some of you weren't there, but I was talking about a book that was 500 pages and extremely detailed on this last, almost last czar of Russia. It was Nicholas and... Nicholas and Alexandria, and it's 500 pages, very detailed. I actually know more about what happened 
than I did before I started. I actually used Google to help me figure out some of these people's names. I didn't know as much about Lennon as I did now. And I had to study. I had to take time. You know, and I took it in chunks, which was easier for me because, like I said, he got kind of dry after a while. Because <clears throat> he quotes letters. I mean, he quotes, well, this is what she said to so-and-so. And, -so, and, and that's true with the Bible. So if you do a study, like you pick Isaiah. You know, I've seen, I'm, I'm trying to wade through Isaiah, 66 chapters and a lot of stuff there. And I know other people who are studying, like, the New Testament now. And I know some people are going to start taking courses through a certain group, and they're going to try to study. That's, you, it takes time. You have to sit down with it to internalize it. We might, and to, to go ahead and go to uh, Philippians 2, 12 through 13, another example. Paul says to the Philippians, Therefore, my brethren, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to, work, to will and to do for his good, his, uh, good pleasure. We're to take salvation serious. We have a limited time as human beings. I mean, most of us never, might not even live past 90. I mean, that's yeah, just the way it is. We don't live that long. And, just, and it's just, it's te our lives are temporal here is all I'm trying to say. I'm learning that as I get older. I'm not old yet before anyone says anything. But as we get older, I'm learning time becomes more precious because it's going down. It, it's getting, it's winding down a little bit. And we should take our salvation serious because it goes beyond and God has an awesome plan for us. We should not take it lightly. You know, like, ah, eh, come to church every week. I'll hear the sermons. That's good enough for the week. Like I've heard one Sunday friend said, and I'm not picking on Sunday. Sabbath people do it too, but just I knew someone who said it. You know, we must work at it. I mean, again, like I said, it's God who does the work, but we have our part. Our part is prayer. That's a good start. We start talking to God, you know, in... We don't have to be, like I say, me, 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 get, get, get. We could say, hey, I don't understand this verse. And then sit in silence, maybe something will kick in your head. Or you have needs, you can come to God. You can fast. You can do Bible study, and I break this up into two. Group Bible studies could be a possibility, whether it's family, friends, or like the ladies have every Monday night, they have a Bible study together, iron sharpens iron. You can have a, an individual Bible study, like I do at times at home, because, you know, like during the week, and like Isaiah and try to learn what he means and his meanings. We meditate, time to, something my dad's trying to teach me, to a time to settle down. Just to settle down and just go, okay, it's time to be quiet. It's time to think about things and meditate. God helps us on this, by the way. He gives us the Sabbath once a week. Several people mentioned it this week when I was actually mentioning the title, that God gives us 24 hours. You know, I mean, we still may have to cook a little and do some things, but, we, but this is a time that we're supposed to reflect, meditate, study, take a moment to biologically rest. Like I told one person I was working on this last night, and I had cobwebs all in my head. I couldn't figure out what to say. I mean, I did, but it was like the words were kind of, so I went and slept 10 hours. <clears throat> I mean, they made sure of that. Then the brain was a little more fresh, and I was able to do it, because we need that. But the Sabbath is made for that, because otherwise, my dad and others, you would actually work 24-7, seven days a week. I know men who would do that. 
they beg for hours at work. I want to work when they don't, you know, could do other things. God also provides us holy days as also an opportunity as well. Like one that we all love, and it's, we've definitely missed the Feast of Tabernacles, eight days. A time to get away from our homes, go listen to the word, hang out with friends, have fun, do the bumper cars. Well, maybe y'all didn't do bumper cars, but yeah, me and Whiplash, I got bumper cars. And while we're doing that, we can apply them to our life. Like I say, we're not monks. We have to live in the real world. But the beauty is the Bible, we can apply it. Now, I didn't pull examples. So I wasn't sure how much time it would take. But one example of, that you could go to find out how you can apply the Bible to your life is go to Ma the, the Sermon on the Mount. Perfect good start. Matthew 5 through 7. It talks about like, like uh, adultery, murder. You know, and then he says murder. Well, if you hate your brother in your heart, you're a murderer. It isn't a problem. He talks about life. He talks about, like when I just quoted just now, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. You know, first seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and I will provide the rest. A lot of great teachings we can apply to life. You know, and the Bible has things about not cheating your neighbor and things like that. We could apply what we learn. So in conclusion... We are only allotted a certain period of time in this life. That's it. That's all there is to it. I mean, we don't know how long it'll be. It could be only tomorrow. It could be, who knows? I say we don't live to 80 years. 90, watch me be 100. Who knows? The point is, we're only allotted so much time. And, and yes, life can become very busy at times. And it's hard to keep everything in focus. But we must remember to take time in our lives to be with God i.e. Bible study, as I say, it could be group, individual, whatever. We can take time for prayer. I think it's, I always forget if it's David or Daniel, and maybe both, where they do three times. It was morning, afternoon, and evening. Good example. Fasting, you know, when you got time or if you have an emergency situation. Or meditation, like on the Sabbath, when you got time to meditate, like on the Sabbath. Meditate, meditation and reflection, or let's say after work. Let's say you really are tired and you want to lay back in your recliner. You open the Bible, just read something and sit down and just meditate, and that's it. Just let it just kind of internalize what you've learned. Because basically the, just the bottom line is take time with God. Do not neglect so great a salvation. This awesome salvation which, which with which God promises in his word. Always read the Bible and internalize what he has told you and, be, and take time for God.